All right, good evening, good evening. Uh, it is great to be with you guys this evening. Um, and as Dave said, uh, let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5. And we are going to skim down uh, to verse 13. And so we'll go through verse 13 tonight. If you'll pray with me, and then we will open up. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your kindness. Lord, it is overwhelming that you call us child and that we can call you Father. And so, Lord, as we dive into your word, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Lord, that my words would be clear and that you would use them mightily for your name's sake. Lord, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in verse 13, uh, and chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 13 reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And so as we hear uh, this word of God and we uh, see our main uh, subject for the today is going to be salt. So, I need a raise of hands for those in the room who, before you taste your food, salt your food. No matter what. No matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You salt your food before you taste it. All right? Well, I want you to know, guys... Tonight's message is for you, okay? Because Jesus agrees with you because salt is good. And he wants it. He wants it everywhere. Now, that's when you know you're going in the right direction, when you get an amen in the introduction. That's good stuff. So, um, but, but as we think, it says to us, you are salt of the earth. And so as we've just joked around about uh, what do we normally use salt for? Taste, flavor, just to add a little bit of something uh, to the food that we are eating. Uh, and also it was used then, not now very much, uh, but for preserving. Right? They would put it on the meats and to help them preserve uh, so that they would sustain, so that disease wouldn't get to them and they would stay uh, pure and good and right. Uh, but as we know that we are not little grains of salt uh, that do these things, uh, let us see what he means by saying, you are the salt of the earth. Okay, so as we see at the end of this right here, 
it says, uh, verse 12, that went, went through with you guys last week. It says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the light of the world. And so he is talking to his disciples here and telling them that they are the salt of the world and so what he wants us to do is go back up so to be salt to this earth what does that mean it says uh, blessed are the poor in spirit so those who are poor in spirit are the salt of the earth those who mourn those who are meek those who th hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, those who, when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And so as we go back through these be attitudes, they should be encouragement to us. You are salt. And why are you salt? Is it by your good works? Is it by your upbringing? Is it by your socioeconomic level? No, it is because of Jesus Christ and Him alone. God Himself being willing to leave heaven, to come to this earth, to be born of a baby, to live a perfect and sinless life, to die on the cross, to save us from our sins, to be buried and resurrected from the grave and sending forth His Spirit to dwell within us. That is what makes you salt. It's what makes you be encouraged by these things that you hear. Blessed are those instead of discouraged. It allows you to be encouraged at that list instead of discouraged. But when I went through that list, how many of us maybe went, Ooh, yeah, that one's not me. I failed at that one today. Oh, good gracious. That's a rough one, right? And so he allows us to see that. So if we're the salt of the earth and we are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and we are to manifest these things out to the world, well, what about this second part of it? But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Well, what if I'm not tasting that good to those around me? What if I'm not being meek and merciful? What if my flavor, when I've been doused on somebody's plate... They're like, mm, I don't really taste too much there, right? Because salt, sodium chloride can't be really destroyed. 
in a sense. It doesn't change from being salt, but if it's diluted with other things like a bacteria, if it's diluted with water, if it's diluted and becomes unpure, right, as we do, as we are in this world, as we are trapped in this flesh, well, how do we regain our saltiness, okay? So I want to flip over to Luke because I think Luke does a great job. So go over to Luke 14 with this and go down to verse 26 of verse of chapter 14. And it says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For if any of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and it and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 and if not while the other is yet great way away he sends a delegation and ask for terms of peace. So therefore, anyone of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And then you see the next line, salt is good. Salt is good. And so when he is saying that we are salt, he is not talking about an immature Christian. He is not talking about a new convert here. He is talking about a disciple of Jesus Christ. A disciple of Jesus Christ who is laying down his life, who is going humbly before the Father and confessing his sin, turning away from this world and turning to Christ. Everywhere he goes, he's got salt just coming out of his fingers and just flinging it, no matter where he is. It doesn't matter if he's with his family. It doesn't matter if he's by himself. It doesn't matter if he's at work. It doesn't matter if he's just the store they gonna get some salt on them because he is their disciple because we're not talking about just flying by we're not talking about just 
being an innocent bystander and not trying to get caught up in this war. But guys, we are in a world, a war, and that is why he tells us to be the salt of this earth. But he says, hey, if you start to lose that saltiness a little bit, right? Because we go through valleys. We go through struggles. We have areas where in our lives certain parts are getting salt and others aren't. We've got those that we've given up on. We've got those that we've got hatred towards. But we need to humble ourselves before Christ our King and say, Lord, if you were willing to die for them, I need to forgive them. Because if I can't forgive my brother, how is my Father in heaven going to forgive me? Right? We're talking about dying. We are talking about being in war where our senses are so heightened to where I know if somebody's going to knock at that door because my senses are heightened because I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever weapons may be formed against me. But why? Because of what Christ has done. Not because of anything good within us, but because of an overflow of the appreciation and the gratitude and the love that we have for Christ and what he has done for us. Because we deserve to be cast into hell. We deserve to be burned up like Sodom and Gomorrah. We deserve all of it. But praise be to God, he said, not you. Not you. Because as he's talking about this, in that last verse there, let's flip back over to Matthew. And as we see this last verse here, it says, It is no longer good anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Is Jesus here talking about them losing their salvation? No. He's talking about a Christian who is not bearing fruit. A Christian who is just blending in with this world and just skating by. Who does not believe that they're in a war and they're just blending in. What does this stalk that's thrown out and trampled underfoot? It looks absolutely no different than the rest of the dirt. Because it's not bearing fruit. And Jesus says that my disciples will bear fruit. 
And that's what God desires for his people. God desires that his people be grown into maturity to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Right? Well, if we're being trampled underfoot, if we're not being equipped for the work of the ministry, we are just skating by. Or if we can't think of any other way that we can serve at the church because, well, I've taught a children's class. Well, I've helped with this. Well, I've... Right? No. Don't give yourself excuses. Plead to the Lord God and say, Lord, how may I serve you? Lord, allow me to season, to give out this flavor to the world. Lord, allow me to preserve your church through the ages. Lord, I don't want to be just cast out. And just blend in. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so as he says these things, go to the Lord in prayer. And any of those that hit your heart that says, good gracious, man, I sure don't act meek. Go to our Father in heaven and ask him and say, Lord, help me be meek. This trial that you're being, that you're going through right now, allow somebody in with you to walk through that with you, to grow in this. Don't keep it to yourself and feel like you can do it on your own. Grow in Christ. Make yourself vulnerable. Stop trying to look like a superhero, like you've got this whole thing figured out. We are all broken and fallen and need one another. Let us be a people to be seasoning to this world. Because I know those of you who taste your food first, okay, when you do add salt, it does add something to it. And Christ intended that his children, that when he called them out of darkness into his marvelous light, that they impact those around them for his name's sake. Let us be a people that walk and live lives that are salty. Let's be a salty people for Christ's name's sake. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your kindness. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be salty for your name's sake. Father, I pray that we would be mature disciples day by day humbling ourselves under your great mercy father allow us to be diligent to 
faithfully follow you all the days of our life. Lord, we love you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.